0: Hey, everybody, welcome back. This is episode five of Not All Bad. It kind of seems like five should be a milestone. Um, it's not really, but it's just a nice round number, you know. Um, I've got something special for 10 if I ever make it that far, so hang on for that one. There's a lot of stuff I want to do for 10, uh, but this is also a very special episode, despite what I just said about the number five. Um, and I'm going to tell you why right now. I actually have a friend with me. Um, why don't Actually, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? I don't want to steal this from you.
1: No, that's fine. Uh, hey, everyone. <clears throat> this is Paul. Um, I, Zach and I knew each other from a We were both in uh, the mug down together. And, that's right. Uh, in a weird way, this is almost like a fan being on the show as well, because Zach told me he was doing this, and I've listened to the episodes so far and <laughs> loved them. So both as a friend and a fan, I'm really excited to be a part of this.
0: Well, thank you. That's, uh, that's, that means a lot. Thank you, Paul. That's very thoughtful. Uh, yeah, so Paul is joining us, like you said. Uh, we met because he's in the mug down. Uh, he's a great choice because I know he's a funny dude. And uh, frankly, he knows way more about audio <laughs> stuff than I do. And he's got all the equipment, so he didn't have to pay any money to be able to do this. So uh, the perfect choice. Um, I guess before we go further, I do want to say that I'm sorry for, it's, it's been like uh, two weeks or something before the last episode came out. Okay, so Paul's here. It took a long time to orchestrate, first of all. <laughs> Second of all, um, I just, uh, I got a new job and I moved halfway across the state. So, uh, that took a while. Please forgive me. Um, but I, I don't really feel that bad about it. And there's cars outside my window. Now I live in the big city. So now you're going to hear a bunch of audio of cars going by, which is great. Um, the way this is going to work, Paul and I discussed this before we started is, uh, pretty much the same as all the other episodes have gone. I'm going to do a rant. Paul, you're gonna join me, uh, and uh, you're gonna do your own, and then we'll see how the first section goes. I doubt we're gonna have time for random rants, but maybe we'll squeeze a few in there just for you people, like the <laughs> one dude listening right now. Uh, there may be zero, cause Paul, you might be you might be the last, <laughs> you might be the last fan I have. So anyway, whatever, <laughs> whatever.
1: Well, I'll, I'll um, listen to this one as well, so I'll be the fan that listens to myself on this podcast. So
0: great, me too. We'll have two, <laughs> we'll have two listeners. Uh, so. Maybe a random rant, probably not. And then uh, Paul and I will both go for a positive rant, so we'll we'll cap it on a on a good note. Sound good?
1: Sounds great to me. I don't know if you're talking to me or the listener, which might, like you said, might be just the same thing. But um, yeah, yeah, one
0: of, Vin, that Venn diagram is a circle, my friend. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's just let's let's get into it. Let's just get into the rants. Uh, short intro today how are we? who wants to go first how do should i should i go first i should probably go first right
1: i i would love for you to go first there. okay uh
0: it's only it's only i mean you are a guest but it would be kind of rude to make you do this all on your own for the first time uh <laughs> that's fair just that's to fair. just to lead us off so my prepared rent today is um I hate to do this to you, Paul. It's actually probably a little bit more serious. <laughs> That's than, fine. uh, then tip. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not going to be serious, but it is more serious. So, so than- like you
1: bring up like police shootings or <laughs>
0: no, no. It, but it's, it's, it's between police shootings and fast food. Okay. That much is true. <laughs> okay. Uh, one thing, one thing that always has irked me for a very long time. I, I hate the terms introvert and extrovert. Mm. Um, Paul, what would you define yourself
1: as if
0: you had to pick one?
1: So honestly, I feel like you just struck a chord here because I, <clears throat> I so this is such a pretentious term, but I've used the term ambivert to describe myself because it's like oh. somewhere in the middle. And I, I'm aware of how like pretentious that is, but just because like I, I, I don't feel like I fit very well into either of those. And so I also dislike those labels and don't know what to call myself. Well,
0: that's the problem. That's exactly the problem is that no one can, it's, how can you fit all of humanity into two categories? That's ridiculous. (laughs) Everyone is an ambivert (laughs) and I don't care in the slightest how scientifically accurate or inaccurate that designation is. I don't care how wrong I am right now. (laughs) Paul, this is, you know, this, you've listened to all four episodes I've put out by now. This is not mm-hmm. a podcast about being correct, all right?
1: Oh, absolutely, yeah. This is
0: a podcast about yelling until you've convinced yourself you are, <laughs> which I'm sure that you're going to be great at. But that, this, Excited. I don't care about, you know, whatever logic that people use to define this. I don't care if introvert and extrovert are psychologically approved terms. I don't care. It's, it's an idiotic designation. One time, somebody asked me, do you define yourself as an introvert or extrovert? And I said, I'm sorry. I think that's a stupid question. I'm not, <laughs> this is a true story, by the way. I'm not making this up for the show. I said, that's a dumb question. Uh, I th- I don't think you can categorize people into two categories. And then, which raises a bunch of other questions. But anyway, they said, well, I think it's a tremendously important question because blah, blah, And they went on and on about how it you interact with other people and whatever, shut up. <coughs> I hate this, like, the problem is, is when you hear those words, you kind of associate it with a stereotype. I don't know if if that's true for you. Okay. Like, introverted people tend to think of themselves as like geniuses. Like, anyone who calls himself an introvert, you know they're just full of themselves in terms of intelligence. So Just because you read books when it's raining doesn't make you special. And extroverts are, you know, I guess supposedly the opposite end of the spectrum where they think of themselves as these like social butterflies, like the ultimate salesperson. (laughs) It's, it's idiotic. I can't stand it. I think it is ridiculous that you have to define your personality into two different types. There's some, I mean, that's what, that's what goes back to the ambivert thing, you know, Mm -hmm. as you claimed, which by the way, you (laughs) are right. That is incredibly pretentious, Paul. How dare you? (laughs) Just wait till the next episodes when you're not on it, and I'm going to talk about (laughs) Ambiverts next. (laughs) Paul, come on.
1: Just tear me to shreds once I'm not here. Right,
0: right. So, yeah, anyway. The point is, is I certainly hope that you consider yourself – I mean, I'm not talking to you specifically, Paul, just for the record. I'm not used to having someone else to talk to. I'm talking to humanity. Mm-hmm. I certainly hope that you embody characteristics of both because if not, you're a freak. You're either a total loser or you're an annoying asshole if you're not an ambivert. So I don't know why you would want to, you know, pin yourself down to either of those. Uh, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Right. That's all. <laughs> I, do you do you have any thoughts? Go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt.
1: No, no, you're fine. I, I feel like you kind of hit, like like when you mentioned that introverts see themselves as geniuses, I feel like, the stereotype of an introvert, especially when people call themselves that, is someone who's just like in solitary, like, or in solitude, I guess is the word there, like, scheming at how they're just going to conquer life. <clears throat> and I feel like it's a fun, positive spin for people who just dislike interaction. But, like, yeah, no, exactly. And then, like, on the other end of the spectrum, there's people who, like, the people who really consider themselves extroverts. Like, like there are extroverts who aren't obnoxious, necessarily. But, like, the people who really consider themselves extroverts and will, like, really tell you, they're basically, like, like giving a fun excuse for why they're obnoxious and dominate conversations and have to always be surrounded by people and, like, can't stand being alone. Like, it's... The, <laughs> those are personality things, but, like, it's, it's a, like, pretty positive spin on what is generally excuse for them being obnoxious and dominating conversations.
0: I'm so glad you're here. I'm so <laughs> glad that you're here. I could not agree more. It is definitely, it's definitely like, um, saying, you know, it's a, it's a euphemism. It's like, you know, someone passed away. They didn't die in a fire. It's like, I'm an yeah, yeah. Extro- extrovert, not a person who's going to annoy you immediately upon our first <laughs> conversation. I'm glad that you said that. So that, that's all I had to say on the subject, Paul. If you have anything to add to that, you already contributed a lot. Uh, but if you have anything more to say, put it out there. If not, let's just move on to what you have to say.
1: I think that that's all I have to say on it. So if you have nothing else to add, I may go ahead and move on to my rant.
0: Take it away. Take it away.
1: <clears throat> all right. So this is a really weirdly specific uh, thing for me to be complaining about, which I know is literally like the nature of the show. Right. Welcome. And... <laughs> Yeah. Welcome to not all bad. Uh, and so I, I had a different topic I was going to do, but then I was reminded because of what I ate for dinner, we're, we're really committing to this food theme on this show. Uh, <laughs> if I may that, for a
0: second, sorry.
1: Go, go ahead. Yeah. I,
0: I started, you know, I learned my lesson from episode four. I started making a big list of topics to rant about and I had mm-hmm. to get five down the list before I came to one that wasn't food-related. So I
1: really, <laughs> really strove
0: to not do that. And here you are tainting episode five with your food-related rant. But it's okay. All right, well, right? it's, That's all it's right.
1: not about any particular, like, company or, like, fast food restaurant. It's about a type of food. Okay. So my rant today is about soup. So <laughs> for dinner tonight, I had soup. Um... Just a little fun thing. My mom made it. And it was great, uh, except that it kind of wasn't, because I think soup is a really lame food, really lame excuse for a food. Here, here. Uh, and it's essentially just a hodgepodge of ingredients just thrown into water and then boiled and then served as a meal. And the thing is, I, I, I'm just assuming the context here. I've done literally no research on soup or the origins of soup, but Man, my entire you fit right in. <laughs> my entire assumption about soup. Is that it's the result of like people in poverty who are like, all right, like this is the food we have. We're going to throw what we have in a pot, mix it with some water and like boil it and then eat it. Cause it, we, th- this is just all we have. We got some potatoes, we have some random vegetables and some meat maybe. And, and so that, that's almost the generous take is that it's the result. Of poverty, because then you have an excuse for why you're doing it. The, I think, more accurate description is that it's the result of people who are too lazy to prepare a more well prepared dish where, like, <clears throat> you take the meat and do something special to it and season it and maybe create a sauce with it. And instead, people just say, you know, I'm going to take this meat, throw it in a bowl, and um, just hope for the best. And uh, I I think part of it's just a texture thing for me that I I just don't understand eating hot water as a meal. Um, But on the other end of things, it's like I understand, like, people who've made a poor choice in climate to live somewhere (laughs) super cold and before they invented, like indoor heating that like all right you need to warm up this crap as hot as you can get it and ingest it because your insides are about to freeze over with frostbite so like that that makes sense but for the rest of us who live now with modern day appliances like what is what is the purpose of eating food that that's that's that hot like it's it's literally boiling when you put it into your mouth until it's (laughs) cold and it's just now you're just got like ham water like you got just some kind of (laughs) random meat in there and some different vegetables and I feel like any soup that you could create um, there is a comparable entree with the same ingredients that's significantly better like if you make like some sort of taco or fajita soup with the ingredients of a taco why don't you just put that shit in a taco and eat a taco like I I just don't understand the need to have it (laughs) soaking wet and watered down instead of like, just creating an actual dish with it. Uh, <laughs> Zach, if you have any thoughts, go ahead and throw them in. Yeah, my, yeah. My first Throw say.
0: them in the soup pot, if you will. Uh, yeah, of co- The comedy soup pot. <laughs> I have multiple thoughts on this. First of all, your second theory on the creation of soup, that is, the uh, chef couldn't be bothered to uh, produce something of higher quality. They couldn't go to the effort to make something a little more gourmet are you throwing shade at mrs messman
1: <laughs> you know I, I I I'm not intending to but as a, the result is that you know a lot of people get really excited for the colder months because then they can make warm dishes that seem to be paired well with the cold weather which is almost silly because like none of us are living in a house where we like realistically need a fire <laughs> to keep us warm and boiling water just searing our throats in order to not freeze over, and so I I, I dislike soup as an idea. But like, <laughs> this ain't soup country. You're right. This ain't this ain't soup country for sure. I mean, my, my family's from the Midwest. Uh, my parents are. I, I was born in Texas, and so I, I kind of understand this desire for warm food because they grew up like morning and night shoveling snow. And I guess, you know, when you come inside, you're like the snow is seeped through to your bones. I guess it, it makes sense that you that. would want something warm to fill you up. Like I get that. That's that's culturally passed down. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. But just in general and you know like the fact so I, I I like homemade soup fine. It's okay. But when you throw in a canned soup where there are ingredients that Not only weren't like prepared fresh, but were just like put in a can for God knows how long. It could be years. (laughs) Like those those things are good indefinitely. There's just an assortment of vegetables and meats soaking in water for months or likely years before you ever plop them in some pot and heat them up. And I I just feel like that is the epitome of like bad food. Is like that's your that should be your last resort if you're dying of hunger is. Well, good thing I stocked these up several years ago to stop myself from dying. But um, instead, <laughs> people go out and actually intentionally buy soup other over other food items because they think that they enjoy it.
0: That's a good – I mean, it, soup is a doomsday prepper food item for sure. For sure. So you're effectively subjecting yourself to the apocalypse by consuming soup for a meal.
1: I think that's a really good point. That's a good That's a good perspective. It's probably the best – Best way that could have been put, actually.
0: And I really like what you said about the fact that it's either hot enough to burn your mouth or it's so cold it's disgusting. It's, there's never <laughs> a satisfying soup temperature.
1: Th- Th- there is for maybe one bite in the middle and you're like, oh, I think this is how this was intended. And then it's gone. Right, right. And by that point, your taste buds are already burned off and you can't taste what you're eating anyways. That
0: is a good call. And I always make that mistake with hot chocolate. <laughs> uh, as as has been discussed, I believe, on episode four. Yes. <laughs> uh, but yeah, great, great points all around. I could not agree with, with you more. Um, I would say, in soup's defense, to the credit of soup, which uh, I'm now fully on board, is a terrible food item. <laughs> it is, like I said before, a good doomsday prepper meal. So in the event of an emergency, you know what? Paul and I will allow you to eat this poverty food that is soup. We'll allow it, but uh, otherwise, just uh, make put put a little more effort into your meal. Okay, treat yourself a little nicer. You deserve
1: better. Agreed, and and you know it also kind of makes sense. Like maybe before the microwave, before the microwave was invented, that like if you're wanting to eat hot food, like probably your best option is to throw it in water, so that that's probably like your only option to heat it up. But now microwaves exist; you can eat f- hot food. At any moment, you could you could eat literally anything. You could eat hot ice cream if you wanted. That's the world we live in right now. But, Which is um, just
0: soup, proving that ice cream's better frozen.
1: Yeah, that, I so, think I think that's a really good point. Checks out.
0: Yeah, I mean, anything else? I'm I'm out of things to say. I think
1: uh, I think that's all I have to say about soup, uh, the poverty uh, apocalypse food. All
0: right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to the next section. I will say that I do think. Um, I mean the episode's gone on long. Um why don't we why don't we go ahead and do a random rant anyway?
1: I'm good with that. All that right. sounds good to me. Let's do
0: it. Alright, so um apologies to anyone who reached out to me. I had two people reach out to me after episode four. One of them was my girlfriend <laughs> saying that they did uh like the fact that I was keeping the episode length consistent. Well, screw you. Okay. <laughs> Today's, dispe- well, I'm sorry, Maddie, um, <laughs> <laughs> that I realized what I said there, but um, th- this one's a special uh, episode, okay, so lighten up. Um, Paul, you know how it works, I'm going to generate a number, I got eight, I really hope, we're doing this in one take, so if I've already done eight, it's going to be really embarrassing, I'm going to have to, <laughs> okay, uh, this one's a tough one, this once again proves that, I hope I hope uh, you can think on your feet. this once again proves that I think uh, when this list was made, the uh, They were just looking around the room and (laughs) picking items. (laughs) So uh, clothes, iron, or the ironing board. Uh, Let's come up with something that sucks about this, I guess. I I, I don't know. Nothing's jumping out of me, so feel free to rescue me at any time, Ball.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, You said clothes, like, being ironed and the ironing board?
0: Yeah, just uh, maybe if you interpret that as the physical object or the act, uh, the chore, if you will. Um, I hate wrinkled clothes. Uh, a lot of guys, I, th- I mean, I think stereotypically, I don't, I don't know anyone. I, people don't talk to me. So maybe I'm just going based on what I see on TV. But my impression is, um, the average guy really isn't that concerned about wrinkled clothes. It, it bothers me tremendously, but I also don't have an iron or an irony board. <laughs> so I'm c- clearly not that bothered by it. But one thing that I hate is, um, when you have to tuck your shirt in. And, you know, you're just doing something really quick. Maybe you're uh, going to church or something where you're like you have to tuck your shirt in or you're choosing to tuck your shirt in. Nice dinner or something. You're only wearing that shirt for like an hour, two hours. You know, it's not dirty. You didn't sweat. Mm-hmm. You can just hang it up again when you get home. <laughs> but like when you untuck it, it's just just wrinkles 360 degrees around your waist. I hate that because then you're like, well, well, I'm certainly not going to iron it. And I don't want to wash it because I just barely wore it. So I'm going to hang it back up. But next time I get this out of the closet to put on, I'm going to be disappointed in myself.
1: Do <laughs> you encounter this? Yeah, absolutely. I That definitely happens. And what's kind of funny is that I, <clears throat> to my knowledge, there exist people and partially by people I'm thinking of. The uh, core of cadets at Texas A and M University, barely who, people, uh, indeed, uh, who their <laughs> their approach to ensuring that their clothes aren't wrinkled is that they wear it's like reverse suspenders that are they wear inside of their pants that pull on the bombs of their shirt, not only to make sure that they stay tucked in, but to make sure that they're taut. And I mean, I I recognize that wrinkles aren't ideal don't get me wrong but at the same time some people go to such absurd lengths like this i'm not just talking about cadets at this point because i i re- at some point i saw one of those really dumb facebook videos that's like look at look at this new invention that's going to change your entire life it was like now oh, this or God. something and it was like this has existed for years or such a dumb invention that that's why no one has ever tried to invent it because <laughs> it's really dumb um and it So I saw a video like that on Facebook recently advertising essentially what cadets have been using, I assume, since 1876 um, to keep their, like – or any military institution, I'm assuming, like reverse suspenders that pull at the bottom of your shirt and make sure it's taut. And, like, that's – so I guess that that's available and desired by some of the general public, but that's such an absurd length to go to ensure, like, the straightness of your shirt I just – It just seems like a lot to me. It's torture. Yeah, honestly,
0: it seems torturous. It already is uncomfortable. I mean, I'm out of shape, so having my shirt tucked in is already uncomfortable. Even though I like the look, uh, it's definitely not ideal. So having something force that fabric into place, I'm not a fan. That's not for me. Mm -hmm. Um, what do you know what it's called? Because I don't. You know, I, I don't know if how common this is anymore. You see it a lot of times in like. Uh, like old, when you see like a, for some reason an old man like uh, in a movie um, like half undressed wearing like a from like a suit and tie or something and they've got those things it's like a elastic band that goes around their leg like just between the top of the calf and the knee and it's got these straps that hold the socks like perfectly taut do you know what I'm talking about
1: I know what you're talking about but now that you mention it, I've li- literally never given a single thought to what purpose they serve? Other than that, I look at like I I just imagine someone like casting an old man in a movie, and they're like, you know, this this guy doesn't look old enough to make sure people know he's old. We're gonna put whatever the hell those things are on him because I it's just I associate that with old men, but I have right? no, me I, too. I have no idea what their purpose is.
0: Why is it? That that's so. In- I'm glad that you said that. that- <laughs> Why is that so ingrained that it's only old men who wear socks suspenders? <laughs> is that what I've they? I've never are? seen a young man <laughs> in a movie wear those.
1: But do, I do. They I just want keep them. socks up. Is that is that their purpose?
0: Why well, I have no. I don't even know what they're called. But I assume so. That's what they look like. They're doing. <laughs> but I I want them because I hate when my <laughs> socks like slide down a bunch. I was thinking about this. Um on on monday because it was my first day uh in my first big boy job and oh, nice. i haven't had to wear dress socks in a very long time for like an entire day mm-hmm. and i was i i don't like how the socks slide down and bunch up around the ankles yeah i, I think it terrible. looks really tacky so but where can i get some of these i mean do you have to like get measured calf measurements or something I, I assume but the other thing
1: is like then you have the weird thing of like i feel like for them so either you have normal dress socks that go to like Halfway up to your knee or so like just around your shin, but right. then like Do you have these sock suspenders reaching all the way from like your waist down there? Like how that that's got to be really far But on the other hand Do you need to be wearing like thigh high socks that then just have a small does it connect to your under? you know, I, I should probably understand more about the logistics of the device itself, but like <laughs> Is it reaching all the way from like your waist down to your shin? No, it's like it wraps around at least at least the old men
0: I've seen wearing these in media is uh it's like wraps like it's below the knee. It's like a band that goes around your lower leg okay. around the calf. And I think the way it works is it's a it's above the part of the calf that's thicker. So it like uh it doesn't like slide down your leg, you know? It's it rests there and then the suspenders are like a few inches long and they clip onto the socks or something.
1: Interesting yeah
0: okay <laughs> let me um let me just do i got a computer in front of me for those uh, at home i'm in the studio aka my room and i'm gonna google search let's see if i can if sock suspenders
1: if while you're searching that anything, if you want me to say something else about wrinkled clothing i'll happily share I, yeah, go for it. I Yeah, I'm a slow typer. so <laughs> You're fine. So I was just going to add in regards to wrinkled clothes that for some reason, I'm always convinced, even so like pretty frequent circumstance for me is I'm about to head to work or church or something. And so I need to grab a nice shirt. And for some reason, the only nice shirts I've left are not hanging up. They were washed and probably dried, but like subsequently just like thrown in a pile of clean clothes. And so I'll pick them up. And I'll be like, well, this is clean. It'll be like super wrinkly. And I I don't know who told me this or where I got this idea. But I'm just convinced that if I put it on and wear it for a little bit, that it will somehow unwrinkle itself. And maybe that's worked for me before. I don't know. Just in my mind, I'm convinced of that. But just as an example, this morning, I put on some pants that at the very bottom were very wrinkled. And I put them on (laughs) and I looked. I, I have no doubt that I looked. Like a complete idiot with wrinkly pants. Like, it, it was like they were weirdly, like, not unwrinkled down to the knee and then down to the ankle. They were completely wrinkled. And I, I in my mind, I was like, you know, it's fine by the time I get to work and then, like, work for a, an hour or two, like, the wrinkles will be gone. And I didn't think about it all day. And then I got home today, and lo and behold, I looked down at my legs and i feel like they were more wrinkled than when i put them on (laughs) uh so actually it it may have even been counterproductive and i may need to rethink my theory on just letting the wrinkles unwrinkle themselves
0: i so i'll address uh your story first before i get to the whole (laughs) sock suspenders googling adventure i just went on um but i i actually uh i'm of the same mind as you i've never tried it with a a lower body garment (laughs) But a lot of times I will pull a T-shirt out of the drawer and say it's wrinkled. Oh, no. And then I'll put it on, and I do believe that after a while, the sh- <laughs> a shirt at least will become a little less wrinkled as time goes on. I, I, I don't I'm con- know.
1: <clears throat> I'm convinced of that as well. I, I do know that there is some sort of spray that you can just like spray on clothes that's supposed to take out the wrinkles. And to my understanding, it works, but I feel like every time I've ever used that – because I've occasionally used that if it's like, oh, man, like it's like actually something important, like a job fair or something. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like it, you just soak the shirt, and it's soaking wet. And then you put it on, you're like, yeah, this is less wrinkled. It's just because you just sprayed it with liquid detergent until it was soaking <laughs> wet. And like, yeah, I got the wrinkles out, but now you're just wearing it. You could have just put it in a pool of water and put it on. It would accomplish the same thing.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because I forgot. My mom actually bought some of that wrinkle uh, release spray stuff earlier in the summer mm-hmm. and uh i used it and it worked but you're right it's basically uh drenching this the shirt in soap until it, it just gets wet enough to have the wrinkles run out <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, so let me tell you what i found on google they are actually uh i guess technically called sock garters interesting um and i was describing the ones that go around the calf which is pretty typical Okay. But if you want to kill two birds with one stone, you're not going to believe this. This is this looks like hell. They are they're garters, sock garters that rather than wrapping around the calf, they attach to the top of the sock to keep it taut and the other end clips to the bottom of your shirt. So it does both functions that we just talked about in one piece of elastic band with two clips on the end. That it clips to your shirt so and your socks. I can only imagine like seeing someone wear these. Like the image here is a man. Uh, it's a pantless man. He's just wearing socks and a shirt and these garters. He has no pants on. <laughs> I can only imagine you seeing someone wearing How? these with pants on. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> How old is the man in the photo? Uh, it, You can't tell. It's It cuts off at the waist, oh. uh, but I'm assuming he's probably a, an octogenarian based on all my knowledge, based <laughs> on every other picture. Um, <laughs> Uh, on Google Images of everyone being an old man. Actually, one thing that I'm reminded of, and then I'll get to what I was about to say, is don't uh, Scottish people wear these uh, typically with kilt, like a traditional kilt outfit? That may be why we associate it with old men. Um,
1: I don't know if you have any. I don't know when the last time you saw a bagpipe player was, but (laughs) you know, it's it's been a while since I've seen um someone with a bagpipe. But now that you mention it, I definitely. I don't know what's going on around that kilt, other than that there's some plaid cool looking kilt, but I do feel like i in my mind, if you would ask me to guess, I would guess that there was something weird holding up something or another down there.
0: I don't know why I don't know why that is, but uh apparently I don't know i I don't know why any of that is as a matter of fact, the bagpipes the the kilt, why they do that at like funerals it's, I don't understand that entire <laughs> charade (laughs) but i do believe that that they wear those like sock garter things so i think so Uh, anyway yeah anything else on uh ironing what i was gonna say i guess real quick what i was gonna say earlier is these like ones that reach all the way from the bottom of the shirt to the top of the socks i can only imagine that looks like terrible when you put a pair of pants over it you can like clearly see like a a seat belt looking thing like along the whole length of the pant leg
1: down to the shoe Mm -hmm. I, I kind of just imagine that if you wore those for enough years, you like, you know, how they say that as you get older, that you get shorter. I'm like almost kind of convinced that the whatever generation it is that wore all of these throughout their youth and into their adulthood is now old and is like, oh, I guess you just get shorter. I'm almost convinced that <laughs> from having something pulling up at your feet and down from your torso would just over time eventually just like crush your bones and organs together until you got a little bit shorter. Uh, You're probably right. That's all I have to say about that.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's a good theory. That's, that is probably why all these old, old men are short. Mm. Good call on that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna, I think that's good. I think that's a good place to end the, the random rant that actually was, we had a good riff there. I, I, I got to admit, you know, when I first I, got down to number eight and I read that I was
1: skeptical <laughs> I, I don't know if we actually once mentioned an ironing board, but you know, it. I think that that was pretty valid and connected as it could have been.
0: I'm I'm thankful for what I did uh, in episode one regarding Uber and Lyft, and I took it into a whole rant on marketing and billboards, because <laughs> yeah. that set the precedent for just bullshitting on whatever comes to my mind, no matter what the topic is for this entire show. So I have bought myself a lot of room with that one.
1: Absolutely. I think that's the way it and should I,
0: be. And I intend to run with it. But anyway, um, that's enough randomness. Uh, let's go back to the final section of the show. It's why we call it not all bad. Um, I went first on the negative rant, so Paul, if you have a uh, something that made you happy or something that you thought was interesting uh, that you uh, kind of came to mind recently, why
1: don't you go ahead and uh, if you want to go first, just uh, take it away. Yeah, I would love to go first. So <clears throat> what this topic is something that I feel like you people usually complain about. Um and honestly, kind of rightfully so, but uh, oddly enough, it's something that blows my mind. And I'll just jump into it instead of just setting it up too long. Which is mail, as in uh letters, like sending things in the mail. Yeah. <clears throat> which is that um I don't know why, but just if you were to t- like if I email something to someone, I would be furious if it didn't actually get to them. Like it, my mind is utterly unimpressed with electrical mail (laughs) and the fact that things I type at a computer can instantly show up on someone else's computer. But for some reason, the fact that you can take something physical, like if you handwrite something, put in a letter and just like scribble down like their name and like some numbers associated with them and then put it at like a a mail receptacle. The fact that there is a service where people come pick that up and reliably like almost certainly can – get it delivered there within a day or two, depending on where you're sending it, just for some reason blows my mind. No, me too. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, it's funny. I don't receive mail very often. At some point I worked at a camp uh, a couple summers ago and a couple people sent me mail and it, it didn't, I, you know, I don't even remember what they said to me, but just the fact that something with handwriting on it showed up and like got there just blew my mind. And I still haven't quite gotten over I mean, I guess that applies to packages as well. Just the idea that, and you know, like, even in my mind, if every once in a while a letter just got lost, I wouldn't even be that mad. I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, There's tons of mail. Like, Some of them are going to get lost. But just the (laughs) fact that, like, somehow pretty reliably, a lot of them get where they're supposed to go just kind of blows my mind. And I, I don't even know if there's that much more to it. But, like, I just still haven't gotten over that, like, and this has existed for Hundreds, if not thousands of years, the idea that there are people who will you just give them like five cents and they'll take something across the country for you
0: um uh, I'm, I'm really happy that you brought this up because it's something that I never would have thought of myself, but I'm in total agreement. I would have never actually pieced that together and, and talked about it on the show, but I get this completely the The idea that, like you just said, you know you give someone a few cents um, and you write. You know, shit on a an envelope and it'll go anywhere. W- mm-hmm. A couple things on this. First of all, um, just real quick, it is incredible how these uh, mail carriers, these postal workers, are able to sort the mail given people's handwriting. Yeah, because <laughs> um, it's still a very much a kind of a you know, in some ways, an outdated system where it often relies on handwritten words. Which and, and not even just words, like proper nouns, stuff that you really may – it may be a combination of letters you've never seen before in your life if it's some crazy street name or last name or something. And the fact that an individual has to read that and then do something with it is phenomenal. So I completely agree with that. I mean, that, that is amazing. <clears throat> this is actually a very deep sore spot for me. Currently. Um, Any other time you would have brought this up, I would have been jazzed. I would have been the whole way praising this idea. But you say it's no big deal when uh, they lose a letter, a physical letter, which you're right. I mean, given the rate of mail and the fact that it is in some ways an outdated system prone to human error, it is amazing how little gets lost. But uh, this week... FedEx lost my birth certificate in the mail. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I'm not particularly happy about that. And I personally don't find that very excusable, especially considering it cost $120 to ship overnight to me. And they delayed the flight, uh, like to, to the, the postal flight, by three days before they decided it was lost. Uh, The good news is they found it. They just brought it to me about four or five days later than what I paid for. Um,
1: Did did they give you a refund for that or anything? They're
0: about to. I haven't talked to them about it yet. Although, well, I did. They were like, you have to receive it before we can give you a refund. That was before I knew they had lost it. So now that I have it, I'm going to get my money back. But uh, yeah, I wish they didn't lose mail. Uh, I wish that could be ironed out. Any more thoughts uh, on the mail thing? Yeah, go ahead. Um,
1: I, I did literally one piece of research for this thing. All of that was off of my head except for one piece of research I did just because I was really curious. More than I've ever done uh, before other than I, sock garters. Um, <laughs> I looked up how many pieces of mail the United States Postal Service uh, sorts through a day. Um, and they they deliver 493 million pieces of mail a day. And Wow. Um You know, now that I say that out loud, I would love to see the statistics on how many hundreds of millions of that are just junk mail-like credit card. Um, 400 million. (laughs) Probably 400 million of the 490 million. Yes. But even that being said, just the fact that there are people, because like you said, it's handwritten, they're having to hand sort through all of these letters and then like with somewhat reliable results deliver them to people. Somewhat. That's just – so, somewhat, uh, unless, <laughs> unless it's a uh, birth certificate, apparently, yeah. um, other than that though, uh, they <laughs> deliver a lot of pieces of the mail and it kind of just blows my mind, uh, that that exists.
0: That's fair. And, and and a couple points. First of all, they did find my birth certificate eventually. So yeah, I yeah. guess credit there. Um, second thing it was FedEx. I think the USPS to me is more of an impressive organization. It's been around longer, uh, and it's a government institution, so whatever, but, um, mm-hmm. Fedex is kind of almost out of the question. Okay, so uh is that is that everything you have to say? I'm 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 out of stuff for uh, USPS.
1: No, yeah, that's fine. I think that's everything I had to say is um I just am enamored and consider with the USPS and consider the entire existence of a mailing process that is organized to be magical in every way.
0: True. True that. I don't know why I said that. Kill me. Um <laughs> <laughs> my positive rant is uh, going off the back of episode four, much less prepared than Paul's, uh, and consequently going to be a lot less interesting and compelling. <laughs> um, but it is also, interestingly enough, uh, a lot more, uh, I guess, wholesome and positive than <laughs> uh, most of my just, let's be honest your straight bullshit from the past. <laughs> Um, and, and I'll keep this brief. All right. Maybe we will actually retain this within a reasonable amount of time here. Um, I'm just in a really happy place. I'm, in a, I'm I'm doing well. I'm in a good mood. Uh, this has been well, okay. The birth certificate thing drove me insane. I was furious and due to other things, uh, Sunday <coughs> night I was, uh, in a bad way. I was pretty stressed, but other than that, things have been fantastic. I moved away from home I'm out of my own now, I'm paying my bills, Uh, I got a job, I started this week, I'm learning a lot, it's awesome, Um, so I've just been, uh, other than, you know, especially now that I got my certificate, everything's good, before then it was a little touch and go for a while, but uh, I'm doing well, man, and I've been super happy, I I just, um, I'm in my own apartment now, and I don't have roommates, which is incredible. (laughs) <laughs> I, I literally, uh, like, walk around the house and, and like, catch a smile every now and then, which is super lame. <laughs> but, like, which is, you know, interesting because every roommate I've ever had, for the most part, has been, like, a really good friend of mine. So it's not even that these people I didn't like. Um, and living alone <laughs> is a lot more boring than living with, like, some of your best friends. But... There's so much cabinet space. It is insane. I've got like one of my eight cabinets populated with with goods. I have nothing else to put anywhere else. It's fantastic. I love it. So there are perks. And I love coming home to like my own place and the living room is all mine, which means there's hardly any furniture. It's like totally blank. I have nowhere to eat food. I just stand up and eat it at the countertop most times. But I'm, I, you know, I'm thriving. I love it. I, I love, uh, you know having a real job and like making money and stuff. I, I know this, you know, whatever. I feel like I annoy people because a lot of people are not in the same position where, um, like I lived with my parents all summer while I was like job searching and stuff. And, um, you know, there's pros and cons to that obviously. And like people live with roommates now. And so I feel like I can't, you know, it feels like I'm rubbing it in. Like I'm just like <laughs> rubbing it in their face that I'm like an adult and I don't have to like live with anyone else. Um, which isn't my intention. Uh, but it's so different, and in the long term, you know, in the long term, it's better. I, I definitely miss living with other people, and I, you know, uh, in some ways, even miss living with my parents. But, uh, you know, so I, I don't know your situation, Paul. But if I feel like I'm rubbing it in your face, and I'm sorry, I'm not, <laughs> that's not my intention. But it's awesome, yeah. <laughs> and, I, and 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 uh, I know you you've been uh, working, and so hopefully whatever regardless of your living situation i hope you're enjoying your job i'm learning so much i'm having a good time and the reason i I don't mean to cut you off i'm about to wrap it up
1: no you're fine you're fine the
0: reason that um i'm so happy i'm I'm exponentially happier than i thought i was going to be even if i was going to be happy is because i was really really dreading the transition from college to not being in college you know like I, i just was so terrified of um just doing the same thing over and over again, day in and day out for a bunch of days. Now, granted, it's my only my first week, and I guarantee you, a week from today, on Wednesday of next week, I'll probably be back to my old miserable self. But right now, <laughs> I'm happy, and I'm, I'm pleasantly surprised that um, I'm truly enjoying the work I get to do. So that's just uh, a lot more wholesome than typical, but that's where I'm at right now, and, and this was unplanned, like I'm trying to do based on episode four, so there you go. That's what made me happy. So take it or leave it. Any thoughts on that, Paul?
1: yeah, um, well, I appreciate you uh, rubbing it in because i I started my job like um <laughs> I guess a couple months ago now and um, currently uh staying with my parents, which uh there's there's something quintessentially uh millennial about living with uh, your parents and doing yeah. a podcast. Uh, <laughs> and um, <laughs> oh my god that, that being said, um at some point in the near future, I will be. Uh, on my own uh, if my finances permit uh, but <laughs> you know something that came to mind as you were talking about the Blessing WV alone one of the first things I thought about like as a benefit of not having roommates is that like if if your place is like messy and gross you don't have anyone that you can pass that blame onto, and there's no like weird passive aggression about it it's just like you, if you just, like, look and see a messy kitchen, you're like, yeah, this is my bullshit. Like, this like, is I completely am, mine. <laughs> I
0: am a piece of shit. I did
1: this. Yeah. Exactly. And if that's how you choose to live, then, like, the nice thing is that you're, you you kind of get to be guilt-free, whereas when you have roommates, it's like, like oh, man, I'm, I'm a piece of shit, so I'm not going to clean that, but I'm sure I'm going to feel bad about it. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> but uh, it's it's kind of nice to like control your destiny in that regard uh, of like, <laughs> I mean it sounds almost horrible. Just not having to share uh <laughs> with them in terms of like responsibilities or no, totally uh, blame right. for things.
0: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> not having to share anything is the benefit.
1: Yeah, I th- I think that's all that I had have to say about that.
0: Okay, well, like I said, and didn't mean to rub it in, but that's where I'm at right now, so <laughs> no,
1: That's awesome. I'm seriously happy to hear that.
0: Okay, yeah, so
1: with that, as
0: you've come to uh, find out over the past now five episodes, uh, that's going to conclude the show. So that's it. And I'm surprised that we actually managed to keep it within, like, a reasonable time frame. This is, you know, <laughs> setting a trend of continually pushing the envelope of episode length like by a couple minutes each time, but this is way more <laughs> closer to the mark than I thought it was going to be, so I'm, I'm happy with that.
1: Yeah, honestly, frankly, me too, and I appreciate the uh, envelope reference. A uh, Nice throwback to a previous topic.
0: Unintentional, but I'm, I really should... I, I mean, uh, uh, all the stuttering is proof that I have to do this all in one take, because I have a second person, and I really wish uh, I could go back and delete everything that I said where I admitted to that being unintentional. Um, just for the record, that was totally intentional. Okay, I didn't mean it. That I meant to. I meant to make that pun.
1: <laughs> anyway,
0: anyway, Paul, thank you so much for joining me. Um, this was super fun. Uh, I, I I enjoyed it tremendously, even more than I thought I was going
1: to. Yeah, this was a uh, great time, and I am pleased that I didn't just nervously laugh the entire time so that was great I it was I mean it was
0: funny so I would uh, I was nervously laughing at you uh, <laughs> that worked out super well again thanks for thanks for coming on the show Paul Michael messman I want you to this will be this will be fun um, this is probably something we should have talked about before now but you know screw it it's in the episode so a little here, we're, <laughs> we're moving the curtain aside so everyone look behind the scenes Paul I want you to say your name like when I uh, cut the show out or whatever, you know, like when I'm ending the show, I don't know the technical term. You'll know what I'm talking about. So just just follow my lead. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm Zach Andrews and I'm Paul Michael Messman. And this has been not all bad. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, I'll see you next time.